Hey guys, and welcome to the Nouveau Rich podcast. So, my boy Rafi, yeah, I did, I pronounced this right. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? I appreciate you having me here, man. Thanks. So, I guess we got connected over Instagram. I love, man, I love the power of Instagram, man. It's hilarious. Yeah, the, the power I, of most Instagram. of my business, man, most of my like podcasts and media interviews all come from Instagram. So, look, I'm incredibly happy to be here, and I appreciate you having me on, man. Love it, bro. I want to get uh, get into your story, like the the, the broad lines of, uh, of who you are, man. Yeah, man, of course. Um, this is usually how we start our podcast. I should have mine like kind of summed up on some note cards. But to give you just like a 30,000 foot view, uh, so whole life wanted to be a lawyer, like law school in the United States was my thing. Um, and went to undergrad thinking I was to be a lawyer went, graduated from Florida State University in, in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Three days after I graduated, when I was about to go to law school, uh, my dad was diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. Mm. And I, I had to stop all my plans, move up. He had nobody with him, so I had to move up with him. And right. we were going to chemo and radiation about five days a week, eight hours a day. Mm. And then I decided to retake the law school admission test so I could get into one of the top five schools in the nation. And so I was spending about eight hours a day in uh, the chemo and radiation with him, eight hours a day studying uh, for the law school admission test. And I did that for almost one year. And finally, when I finally took the test, I was incredibly burnt out. Uh, I really hated law at that point. I took the test. I scored in the top 10% of test takers in the United Mm -hmm. States. So I could have gone to Chicago, University of Chicago, any of the top schools, but um decided after my dad went through it all that it wasn't for me that life was very fragile and I wasn't about to spend 80 hours a week working for somebody else in an office space so uh was very afraid to tell my family I read a really incredible book called the subtle art of not giving a fuck Mm -hmm. and uh in the book yeah he talks about you know other people their opinions none of your fucking business and like no you're not gonna ever ever please everyone. And so for me, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to try this out. I'll, I have zero debt. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a car payment. I don't have a house payment. Like, let me just see if I can start a business. My dad was an entrepreneur. My brother was an entrepreneur and, uh, Google how to make money online. And, uh, it was been, it's been, that was about 14 months ago. It's been a hell of a ride now. Uh, but we have, I've created a seven figure business now. So it's been, it's been very, very rewarding. That's cool. Yeah. How did, how did you find like your, your vision in entrepreneurship? So you started Googling and, and just came up and you just did it or, or how did that, that play out for you? Yeah, man. Like I think when I was looking it up, it wasn't even like, I don't know, like entrepreneurship wasn't like that word wasn't like in my mind. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. I don't know today. I feel like, cause I see it every day. Everyone talks about entrepreneurship, right. but a little over a year ago, I don't know. I just didn't see it everywhere. So for me, it wasn't, Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like mm-hmm. I want the freedom. I want all this stuff. It was like, Hey, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to spend 80 hours a week in a law office. Like I have to make money online somehow. So I just like Google how to make money online. And then I got retargeted by one of Ty Lopez's SMA ads. Mm -hmm. And he just talked about like, you know, making money from your computer, doing social media. And my, I mean, my Facebook, I think my Instagram had about 120 followers at that point. So I had, I was like, didn't know social media at all. But what happened was I leveraged that course to get a client. And then once I got that one client, I was working at an Italian restaurant, making $2,000 a month at this Italian restaurant. And imagine how my family thinks I'm supposed to go to a law school and be Mm -hmm. making $250,000 a year coming from Harvard. And instead I'm making $2,000 a month, $24,000 a year working as a waiter in an Italian restaurant. So as soon as I got my first client, I proved the concept. I knew that I could take this shit to the moon. And so I quit and I just dived all the way in. 
That's cool, man. That's that's awesome. How did that how did that play out for you? Because I'm I'm kind of fucking it up in my uh, kind of fucking around with that in my in my SMA shit and, and looking around there. How did that, that play out for you? How did you do that? Uh yeah, so for me it was super hard in the beginning. Uh incredibly hard because what happened was really I wanted to be the business owner, the entrepreneur, I wanted to start closing a lot of deals. But the problem was I was so afraid of what other people would think in my friend circle, my family circle, mm-hmm. if they knew that I was like because no one knew other than my dad and my family that I dropped out of law school. Right. So I was so afraid that if other people learned that I was just waiting until I was like making a million dollars a month. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, Hey, I have an online business. So no one saw the failure in case it messed up in the beginning. No one saw the struggle. And so that was my biggest problem. So over the first six months I made $6,000 and it was because nobody knew what I was doing. And then finally I, I got a mentor of mine and he was like, dude, I didn't even know what you were doing. Nobody knows what you're doing. That's why you're not making any money. Grant Cardone, we we're just talking about him. He always says, the reason you're not making more money is because of obscurity. Not enough people know what you're doing, what you're selling. That's why Instagram, social media is so powerful. And so I said, you know what? Fuck it. I got a testimonial for one of my clients. We made her like $8,000 in 30 days. This gym in like tiny nowhere town in South Carolina. I posted it on my Facebook and it lit up like wildfire. All my college friends, all of my friends from work, they were sharing it. People were tagging people, commenting on it. And like that month I had... $2,000 total revenue. I had probably less than $150 in my bank account. The next month we did $12,000 uh, from new <laughs> clients. And it was just because I realized it in there is because not enough people knew what I was doing and I wasn't doing enough outreach. And so that was, I started just 10 times in that. And that's why I am where I am. So you leveraged kind of your personal brand in, in that, that time. That's dope. Yeah, man. my personal brand just closed with friends and family. It wasn't even like, you know, everyone's like, oh, I have to have 10,000, 30,000 followers. <laughs> but in reality, I always tell my students, because I build agencies now, I always tell my students, like, look, first thing we're going to do first day, we're going to write down a list of everybody you know that's either a business owner or that knows a business owner, and we're going to contact all those people. And I have a lot of my students get closings and deals within the first five days, you know, because it's just like people want to help you. They really do. People don't realize Mm -hmm. that. Like people – and it's easy. People do business with who they know, like, and trust. And so they know, like, and trust you already because you're in their, their friend group, you're in their circle. You're, you're and so uh, it's a lot easier to sell that than like what I was doing, which is cold calling people mm-hmm. and like have no results and nobody trusted me. And that was why I, I hated myself. It's interesting, man. That's, that's cool. So what would be like a step-by-step process from just, just nothing to a six-figure agency, seven-figure agency? Oh, God. Well, we don't have enough time for that. But uh, first thing is like, yeah. The first thing is, is really realize like number one, niche down, figure out exactly who you are, where you want to be, who you want to service and just decide that in the beginning. You don't have to marry that forever, but just decide right now. I'm going to work with chiropractors. I'm going to work with medical spas. That's it. Don't mm-hmm. take on anybody else. Right. Uh, number two, figure out a systemizable uh, package or product or service for that industry. So don't offer them a hundred different things, offer them one thing and you can duplicate that a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, reach out every single day. You should spend at least four hours every single day without fail, seven days a week, reaching out to that industry. Uh, no, no excuses. Absolutely zero excuses. Uh, you should be doing anywhere from 250 to 750 touch points every single day, Instagram, email, LinkedIn, Facebook, anything you can imagine, cold calling, just let people know what you're doing, reach out to people. And eventually you're going to slowly, uh, very uh, slowly get some small hits and some wins and some testimonials. And it's going to make the sales calls easier. It's going to make the outreach easier. It's going to make your conversions higher. Uh, and then at a certain point, 
uh, anybody that's in the game will tell you like paid ads comes in at a certain point. And that's really when you can send it to the fucking moon uh, and you're getting like 200 appointments a week. Like we have four salespeople working for us full time. Um, and so that's what I would say. Like literally just start and decide who you're going to service, get a, um, get it systemized, get a product or offering, do outreach outflow. I always say, so the number of touches of outpoint you do out, equals the number of money you have coming into your bank account. Mm -hmm. And so that like right now we do virtual assistants. I have a virtual assistant staffing agency. And so we train virtual assistants on how to do all of that for online entrepreneurs for pennies and uh, they do them for them. And that's how they kind of scale. But that's the most important part is the actual like outreach part, getting uncomfortable and reaching out to people. Yeah, That's cool, man. How do you overcome that, that, that being uncomfortable being like, fuck the shit, (laughs) you know that, how do you, how did you overcome that for yourself? Uh, for me, like the cool thing about when I got into entrepreneurship, I had already spent one whole year, um, studying for law school and living with my dad, taking him to chemo and radiation. So no friends, no family communicant, uh, was never going out. People were used to at this point, never seeing me and never inviting me out anymore. So there's no temptation. And I low for my time my dad was and i was just studying for something i didn't want to be a part of so i was re- every day i was waking up listening to motivation for an hour a day i was listening to motivation and i was reading uh self-development books and so although that was the hardest part of my life and i never ended up going to law school and i took an lsat what it did was it gave me discipline and i it i was going through such a shitty time for so long that whenever i transitioned it into entrepreneurship it was like whatever i've gone through worse than this already so it's going to be easy to do and because i spent a year i, I mean i probably read 40 or 50 books last year on self-development and like really, really was taking notes, reread them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I started realizing and what I now know and what you guys should know, those that are listening is like what you want, everything that you want in your life, everything you desire is on the other edge of your comfort zone is on. And I know it's a little cheesy to say that, but every day I wake up and I go, what can I do today? That's super uncomfortable because it's like, it's almost like working out or it's like, a scab right mm-hmm. over time it builds up and becomes more powerful and it's easier for you to do and it's easier for you to do if you just keep on placing yourself in more uncomfortable situations right. and because there's so few percentage of the population in the whole world that will place themselves in uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. you will reap insane rewards from it and so for me it's just like i have self-confidence now because i've put myself in so many uncomfortable situations but uh but yeah it's just like re- <laughs> Do your own research and start reading on your own and listen to motivational shit every single day and realize that like, think to yourself, are you where you want to be? And if the answer is no, I guarantee you it's because you're comfortable in an area of your life and, and you're complacent. You don't raise your standards and that's why. Right, right, right. That's a, that's a cool one, man. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've been, I've been doing my, my cold calls for, for, for my shit. I don't know. It's it's just so easy to procrastinate on it and say like I don't want to do this shit. There there must be a better way. Even though I I know there's there's it's one of the best ways to do. How do you deal with that procrastination? Like that that just pushing it forward like I do it tomorrow. Like yeah. So two things I'll say. It comes back to what I just said, right? Being uncomfortable. Like you just have mm-hmm. to realize. Like look, okay, push it off tomorrow. Push it off. Push it off. But you're just don't be surprised uh, in a year from now if you're in the exact same situation than you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now right don't be surprised at all that's just what happens mm-hmm. um and the other thing i'll say is i my close mentor of mine i had a conversation with him because i was like one of my businesses like my agency fully automated fully outsourced like not outsourced but my employees take care of all of it like mm-hmm. i don't really work inside of it anymore and so like i, I wanted to start more businesses and more projects and they were saying 
I was kind of getting a little lazy, to be honest with you, because everything's just taken care of for me now. And they're like, you know, it's because you're losing a little bit of your why is what my mentor is telling me. Like you, you're, you're kind of losing sight. You hit a certain revenue figure a month now, and now you're kind of losing sight of your why. And yeah. so for me, I, it was true. And so what I started realizing, like, I wasn't writing my journal. So one thing I do every single day is I write in my journal. Uh, number one, my affirmations, right? We were talking about affirmations, Lucky Quinn. Which, uh, I write my affirmations every single day. I'm making this amount of money every single month. I make it through this, this, this. I'm able to help my family do this, 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 live in these areas, cover these, their two, two house, whatever it is. And I'm doing that because of this. So I remind myself every single morning, I write that down. Um, and then also on the next page, I write down my, what I'm grateful for that day. And also like just a little bit of synopsis, like almost a diary of what happened yesterday, what happened today, where my head's at. And what I love to do is like every once in a while, I go back like, man, if I pulled up on this fucking podcast right now, that journal, and I looked at what I was saying last year, it was like, oh, if I could just make like $2,000 a month, like that would be incredible. That would change my life, whatever it is. You know what I mean? And so it's just important to realize like how to stay motivated. It's important to realize like how far you've come right now but also why you are continuing to push yourself to where you have to go. And so for me, it was like, I really want to make it. So my mom and dad, like, you know, we've all had our issues and our family members, but like, mm. I want them to be proud of me and I want to really take care of them in, in their future. It's like 78%. I don't know what it is over there. And in, in the, uh, what are you Norway? Is that what you said? Norway? Uh, Netherlands. 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 Uh, in the United States, like 76% of retirees don't have more than two years saved up uh, to live on. And so it's super terrifying to be older and going into that. And so I just don't want my parents to ever fear that. I want to be able to take care of both of them financially. And they're separated. Um, and so for the, that's kind of my why right now. Like how I, that's why I want to do it. And that's what pushes me to be super uncomfortable, to call people 11 times after they said, fuck off, Ruby, stop calling me. And I continue doing it. I continue asking for business and putting myself out there. You just need a super, it's cheesy, but it's true. You just need a super strong why. And I think that if you're having a hard time, like, oh, I don't want to cold call tomorrow. It's probably because you're like, well, I have great electricity. I'm living in a nice house. Like I have a podcast going like, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy right now. Mm -hmm. So you're not, it, the, the pain isn't enough for you right now. The pain is enough right. for you to make you do it. And so you have to realize, oh shit, if I don't do this, if I don't make a hundred cold calls tomorrow, I'm not going to make any money this week. And then my family's going to be living out on the street. So that's kind of the idea behind it. Like looking at it from a different angle. That's, that's big, man. That's cool. It's yeah. an inspirational story, bro. It's, it's cool. What's I like, appreciate it, brother. <laughs> for sure. What's like um, a key to a good sales call? What's, how do you perfect that? Yeah, so uh, I've been doing sales for a while now. I now do mm -hmm. sales training on a pretty large scale. But for, for me personally, this is when people say, oh, my, I suck at sales or whatever it is. I usually see one or two things. Number one, when they say I suck at sales, I can't close any deals. And I'm like, okay, great. How many pitches have you done in the last 30 days? And they're like, two. I'm like, well, you don't suck at sales. You suck at getting appointments, right? Mm. Two is not enough. If, you, if your number is under 30, then the, it doesn't matter. Don't say you suck at sales. Don't adjust your sales process if you've done less than 30 pitches. Because you, it's not just enough people haven't heard it yet. You know what I mean? Uh, once enough people hear it, then you're going to be able to adjust your sales process. So that's honestly 80% of the time, it's not that you suck at sales. You just don't have enough opportunities. Now, like my students, like we get on average, like 80 to 100 appointments a week for these agencies, like in my students. And so at some point it does become about the sales cycle and you don't want to burn these leads. And so on a sales call, the one thing that I always tell people is like, shut the fuck up, right? Where a lot of people mess up and it's ironic because I love to talk and I'm talking a lot on this, this call. But 
uh, is to shut the fuck up. I'm, I, you should see me on sales calls, man. It's like every day I, I'm on a sales call. They're like, are you still there? I'm like, no, 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 I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Because like you want them to start talking. And what you can do is diagnose where they're at, the problem that they're having right now, why they reached out to you, why they're on the call with you. Really dig in deep on that. Start like kind of moving the knife around in the wound and like right. make them realize how big of a problem figure out and then figure out where they want to be. Like, where do they want to be in six months? Where do they want to be in 12 months? What revenue number do they want to be hitting? What that, what their life would be like if they hit that revenue number. Mm-hmm. And then finally wrap it up by making them admit you go, okay, Quinn. So I'm curious, why can't you, you you're at $1,000 a month. You want to get to $10,000 a month. Like what's keeping you from doing that on your own. Right. And so now they have to come out and admit like, Oh, well, I don't have a system or process in place or, Oh, I need accountability or I want to shortcut the process. Those are usually one of those three things. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, that they have, they admitted that they're in a really shitty situation. They told you exactly where they want to be. And they admitted to you that they can't do it by themselves. And now their mind is literally framed for you to come in and be like, awesome. Quinn, well, do you mind if I tell you exactly what I do? And they go, yeah. And you go, great. So I help exactly who that person is with whatever exactly their problem is get to exactly where they want to be. Right. And then they're like, Oh my God, that's perfect. That's exactly who I am. And then you take them to the pitch from there. That's crazy. That's, that's cool. How do you get past that? How, how do you make them, make them, make them talk? Cause I call them, they be like, fuck off or they hang up or whatever. How do you get them to, to, to talk, to trust you, to, you'll be surprised. Like, you know, number one is just having an authoritative voice and you set in the beginning, right? This is what we always say at every beginning is every sales call. Hey, Quinn, look, thanks so much for the call. So how today's going to go is I'm going to uh, ask you some questions about your business, your life, where you're at while we're on this call. And then if it makes sense to you, uh, if it makes sense and that we're a good fit, I'm going to offer you something at the end that can solve your problems and you can make a decision if you want to be a part of it or not. All right. So I tell them that I'm asking them questions. I tell them that I'm going to pitch them and I tell them that they're going to make a decision on this call if they want to do it or not. So I literally explain everything in the beginning. They say, okay. And then I jump into the first questions and, um, To be honest with you, like it's also a numbers game, but people love to talk. People love to talk about their problems. They love to love to talk about their problems. And so if you're like, look, if you talk to a medical spa who has like a wife and six kids, it's probably going to be all about his patients and it's all going to be about his kids and his wife. And so if you can get on the phone with him and say, so tell me a little bit about your business. Like what are your biggest problems? He's been waiting to literally tell somebody about all the problems that he has and unload. And so you can be there to, to kind of accept it and listen to it is crazy yeah so you you've already qualified those those people as as good leads right uh yeah so we do a qualification call immediately as soon as we get a lead and it's just like you know how much money are you making how much money do you want to make are you using lead generation services right now if you have money to invest in the growth of your business less than four minutes long confirm all that and then we take them over the pitch how, how do you find that find those leads it's just It's from another cold call or how does it work? No, it's uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, right. email, cold calling, ads. Like we have a combination. In our agency, it's a whole bunch of different. referrals is another great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal brand, events that I speak at, it's a combination of all those things. I love that, man. That's, that's great. That's great. That's great. How do you, uh, it's, it's, it, these are all beginner big, bitch questions, but how do you deal with rejection and, and all kind of stuff? Because it's, it's shit I'm struggling with. I'm like, I want I got to ask this guy. Um, yeah. And this, this, I mean, there are dumb questions for sure. Don't get me wrong, but no, don't, don't ever worry about that with me. Um, embrace it. Mm-hmm. Only way you can get through it. Literally. Remember what I said about being uncomfortable. That's mm-hmm. the difference right there. Like embrace the rejection because this is what you have to start thinking. And this is when I was doing cold calls back when I first started my agency. It was like, okay, I need cold calls 
300 calls a day, a week. And I knew that at the end of that week, I had this many pitches, this many appointments, this many pitches, this many closings. So then I did the average of all those calls. And then I figured out, okay, great. So I have about a, let's just say a 2% appointment rate. And of that 2%, I have a 10% close rate. So I know that at the end of the week, I make a thousand calls. I, I may, I have 20 appointments and I get two clients out of it essentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, great. That's what I need to do. I need to hit a thousand calls. And so for me, I just knew once I knew my numbers, I just knew every one of those knows, like even today we do my sales calls now. Cause my personal brand is super strong. It'd be like 10 minutes long, 15 minutes long. Someone's giving me their credit card over their phone. And, uh, it's beautiful. And I've set myself up for that. But the cool thing about that is that like, even then, like sometimes I get on calls now and like we go through it and they, they don't move forward. And I'm like, Oh, good. I've been on a streak of eight. I knew that it was bound to happen. Like, okay, right. I know the next two or three, we're not going to close, but then I'm like, I can't wait to get back into this again. So it's just like, if you think that you're going to be not rejected ever, then one of two things is happening. Number one, um, you're being a pussy and you're not reaching out to enough people, which mm-hmm. is why you're not going to be making any more money in the first place. Uh, or number two, you're delusional. And you just think like, Oh, I have a, I'm going to have a hundred percent close rate which you're going to end up flat on your face. So rejection is a part of the game. Grant Cardone always says like, if you're hearing complaints from customers or if you're hearing complaints from leads, smile because that means that you have customers and that means you have leads. All right. All right. So that's a way to look at it. Cool, man. That's, I love that shit. What would you, um, let's, let's say it's, it's a, it's a couple of years back. You have one year to make this work. How do you, uh, how, how do you move from, from zero to where you're at right now? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, we're only about 14 months in, so it's really what I did. And it's already what I told you, man. Like I would figure out exactly what industry I wanted to be in. I I mean, I would first of all, cut off all the bullshit, cut out all the bullshit, no friends, no family, Mm -hmm. no TV, nothing, like absolutely nothing. I would have locked myself in a room for a year because that's exactly what I did. Uh, and I would do the exact same thing I talked about. I would, um, I would seriously set it up so that, oh, look, I got a PayPal for a thousand dollars. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, I would literally set it up so that uh, I knew exactly who I was targeting, what I was offering. And then I would just, I would immediately, before I even figured out what the service was, I would be reaching out to people. I'd be start calling people right now. And then I would set like the best people in this game, my man, they sell shit before they even have it built. Because what's the point of spending all the time trying to figure stuff out on the back end on how to fulfill it on what everything looks like? If you don't even know if the market wants it. So right. like for me, my new business, a VA placement agency, we had sold 18 people in at a pretty high ticket value before I even started building out the back end stuff. I was like, yeah, we'll start in 14 days. We'll start in 14 days. And like those 14 days, I just get as many fucking people in there as humanly possible. And then I built it as we went along. So that's the real secret. I love it. How do you, how do you build your team with it? With a new company you're starting? How do you find the right people? How do you, how do you do this for yourself? Well, that's a nice thing. So like I, I built it, I did it personally the real hard way. I went through a bunch of shitty virtual assistants and they were not trained. I had spent a lot of time training mm-hmm. them, hard time finding closers, hard time finding cold callers, all this stuff. And uh, eventually I found, I went through a VA placement agency myself. Uh, and since then I got an incredible team from that. And, an absolute, and they cost a lot of money, not the VAs themselves, but to get them from the placement company. But like, you know, there's a saying, if it makes you money, it doesn't cost you any money. And so I always have that kind of mindset. So I was like, okay, this cost me a lot of money, but they've made me literally 400, 500 times what I paid for that virtual assistant. And so I have no problem with it. And so like, 
for us, you know, just like anything else in life, I'm at the point, a lot of people, they don't have money at this stage. So like, it's okay. Do the trial and error shit. There's still no excuse for that. But if you have some money to invest, like find an expert in it to be like, Hey, I need this. Can you get them? Can you bring like our people come fully trained on how to do all this stuff? They know more than the agency owner a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we want. And so like, if you can shortcut the bullshit, then I would recommend that. But if you don't have any money, then figure it out on your own and do the whole trial and error way. It's not that hard. That's, that's cool, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's cool. The way you talk about it, you, you, you obviously know what you're, what you're talking about. Love that. Um, yeah. Your personal brand. I want to get into that. How did you, how did that take off for you? Yeah. So for me, it was when I realized when I got that mentor after those first six months, it was when I realized that like my personal brand was going to be the easiest way I was going to make myself an authority and start selling my, like even before you have clients, you can start posting stuff about Facebook ads and like, you know, giving value and campaigns. Like, and it's every time what happened to me is just psychologically speaking, I would start posting stuff about Facebook ads or testimonials or videos. And then the next week I would make more money. And so for me, I started realizing there was a strong connection between posting and making more money. And one of my very good friends, Jeff Seconder, we travel all around the world. He has a strong personal brand as well. You know, whenever we're about to drop like $2,000 for a night at a penthouse or like a helicopter ride or Lamborghinis, I'm always like, ah, you know, I don't know if I want to spend this. He's like, dude, And we're, look, I'm red Lamborghinis. I'm not trying to, I don't ever, I'm never the guy that's like, oh, I own this. That's like the price tag is still on it. I, I don't give a shit. I just like driving them. But um, what he told me for personal brand is there's never a clear ROI. Like you can't be like, okay, because I spent this money on this mm-hmm. penthouse this night, I know that I got this client next week. But like for you and me reaching out right now, my podcasts have been an incredible, literally one of the best, what I've realized, one of the best new client methods for me. I get a, a lot of podcasts I get on. People listen to it. They appreciate what I'm saying and they reach out to me and we do business together. Insane. And so for me, it's like, okay, so when you ask to reach out to me, like, hey, let's get on a podcast. Like, look, my hourly rate's usually a thousand dollars an hour, but I'm like, hey, fuck it. Let's get on a podcast because I know that I'm going to get some value from this. So you have to realize that building up your personal brand is just going to make you more money. Like money's the number one, actually technically sex is the number one uh, motivator for everyone. But number two is really money. And mm-hmm. so for me, I realized like my personal brand can seriously seriously take me off and then that's why it started making me more money and also what i love about personal branding is just like you can switch to whatever industry whatever field whatever you can sell whatever product everything you want and uh if you built up your personal brand correctly it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what company you're working at what product you're selling whatever it is you can have a loyal if you have a thousand people that are incredibly loyal to you you'll never have to work another day in your life And so like, that's when I started realizing that. And now I invest, I have a full-time videographer. We have content creation. I have a marketing team. I go to events. Like we've, it's all fucking a full scale production right now. But, and you can look at my Instagram at Ravia Buvala. You'll see like the transition from back when I had like a thousand followers and I had like 80 likes on my photos. to now we have over 50,000 followers and my posts get like, you know, eight to 12,000 likes on, on them. So you'll see the transition of all the stuff, but Don't be like, oh, I don't have enough content or, oh, I don't have a nice camera. Like my stuff was awful in the beginning. Absolutely right. terrible. But I put it out there because it was uncomfortable and I knew the power in it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, you, talk, you talk about Jeff. I just got him like two, two hours ago. I, I did a podcast with him. So that's, that's dope. Oh, today? Yeah, today. Like two hours ago. I did is, mine, is mine better than his? Definitely. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I love it, bro. I love it. He's no, he's he's a great guy. I travel. He definitely every, is. Yeah, was was a good talk. Yeah, he's a cool guy. <laughs> um, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna ask you this. 
What has uh, sales like taught you about the uh, about communication? How did that go back to that? And because talking with you, obviously, I, it's it's a cool conversation. And what did sales learn you about communication? Yeah, it's so funny you bring that up. I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday. Um, what sales taught me about communication, once again, is the shutting up part, mm-hmm. um, right? So you're interviewing me now, so I'm talking a lot, right? Because it would be like weird if you were listening and I was listening, then nobody would get any value. But in my everyday conversations, when I go out places, like I just subconsciously take them through my sales process. Like, I'm just like, okay, so like, what are you having problems with? Like, why are you having problems with that? Where do you want to be? And like, I get a lot of deals from out at like restaurants and out at events just because I like casually without this person even knowing it, I'm taking them through a sales process mm-hmm. and they don't even know it. And at the end, like I don't even pitch them. They're like, oh, do you have some time next week? Can we talk over the phone in person? Like, I just want to see like, you might be the perfect fit for my business. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. No worries. Like they didn't even know that I was taking them through it. So for me, sales has taught me that silence is incredibly huge. Letting the other person talk and explain their problems to you is amazing as is amazing as well and um and just the power of solving other people's problems like if you can figure out like that's why i love lead generation that's why i love lead generation systems and scaling because almost every business owner in the world needs more leads they need to be working less and they need to be making more money which is all house and so for me personally i absolutely love doing that and so i so and i'm as you can tell i'm super passionate about it as well so it's just super easy when I'm talking to somebody out at a bar and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm a real, you know, a real estate agent or yeah, I'm a business owner. I got, I'm so tired of working. I'm like, well, what are you working on? And then after 45 minutes of me talking about them, they go, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so rude. Like, what do you do? <laughs> like, Oh yeah, no worries at all, man. I actually help, you know, whatever they, whoever they said they were with whatever problem they have, get to wherever they said they want to get. And they're like, that's exactly what I need. Let's talk next week. <laughs> I'm like, it all worked out for me. So <laughs> that's great. Man. That's cool. What do you think are like um, in the in the SMMA space and the e-com space? What do you see as, as new chances, new things that are coming up people need to jump on right now? Um, don't ask me about e-commerce. I absolutely hate e-commerce with a insane <laughs> fucking passion. I hate it. I hate Why it. I'm happy. I'm happy other people make because I've lost over $22,000 in e-commerce. So it's oh, just like nice. I know other people are absolutely crushing it with it. And I'm I, what some of my best friends are like some eight-figure e-commerce guys. So like I love – I love them and I'm happy for them. But for me, I don't want to talk about e-commerce. I hate it. <laughs> so I'm not any good at it. Um, but I'm just joking around. I, I just don't know enough. So I'm not going to talk like an expert on it. Uh, if you want to know how to fail at e-commerce, then you can hit me up. But um, as far as like SMMA, some of the transitions I see are going to be like people are a year and a half ago, two years ago, you got someone a Facebook lead and it was like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm going to give this person a call, like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. A transition that I see happening now in every industry not just my like i do real estate and loan options mostly but every industry is like no one gives shits about leads anymore uh they give a shit about a qualified appointment with somebody right so some of the biggest companies out there zillow opcity realtor.com our company mm-hmm. we are transitioning from hey here's just a lead because no one gives a shit about leads anymore to like hey here's a qualified appointment. They're a buyer. They have $600,000 pre-approved. They want to buy in the next three months. Right. And I booked them in your calendar tomorrow at one o'clock. That's what people are now liking and they're getting used to. And so if you can figure out a system where you're not just generating leads, but you have some kind of qualification process, then even though that's going to eat into your bottom line a little bit, which you can rate, charge higher prices, if it's eating into your bottom line a little bit, what's going to happen is you're really just going to get more results. They're going to stay on longer. You can close more deals. 
Um, because if you just send people raw leads, like nobody, I don't know anybody that can convert online leads correctly if they're just raw leads with no education or no qualification at all. And so if you can be the person in your industry, like we were some of the first people on the agency side, right? I'm not talking about like, actually I did beat Realtor, Zillow and Trulia. Like we beat them in this market, but, um, we're some of the first people as far as the agency side is concerned that were like, Hey, we're delivering you full qualified leads. You're not dealing with Facebook leads. You're getting people that you already know all their information and we took care of it for you. And that was what made us separate from the rest of the world. Now that I'm, now that I'm teaching agency owners and I'm building other agencies, like it's starting to become a little bit more known, but yeah, if you're listening to this right now, you're thinking about having an SMA, you want to know the quickest way to make six figures figure out a system that is duplicatable that gets them appointments and people on the phone that are ready to pull out their credit card. That's it. That's it. That's it. Cool, man. I love it. I love it. Where, where do you want to take this in the long run, bro? Cause like I said, blowing up right now on Instagram, doing your shit, doing your podcasts. How is that? that? Where, where do you want to take it? Yeah, man. Um, I love when people ask me that question. I don't really know. Like, I, I hate that. I, I don't want to say I don't know because I do know. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything changes so often for me, everything changes so frequently. So for me, it's like right now uh, I do have a long-term vision. I'd love to have my personal brand be, I'd love to be like on a level like Grant Cardone. I want to be speaking on stages. Like I want to be like literally teaching people, servicing people. I want to be, I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker back when I was uh, in law school or studying for law school with my dad. I love my dad very much, but he can be sometimes a little bit of a hard ass. And I still remember like the conversation with him. I was like, Hey, I told him one day before I knew about the SMA, I was like, Hey, I think I want to be a motivational speaker. And like, just because he has my best intention in my mind, he's like, don't no, you'll never be a motivational speaker. He's like, you need to spend 30 years building up a career, letting the people world, the whole world know you. And then you can be a motivational speaker. And you know, that really crushed me. And what I realized he meant the best for me for sure. But what I realized is that was what it was like when he was a kid. But right. it's different now. Instagram, Facebook, I can reach 50,000 people in one second on Facebook and Instagram. And so for me, like a lot of people, I don't consider myself one, but a lot of people say I'm a motivational speaker. Like I'm, I do motivational speeches. And so like I've already realized that for me. So I used to be like, oh, in 30 years, I'm going to be a motivational speaker. But it's like I'm already on stage. I was on a stage in front of 500 people three weeks ago. Like I'm already on stage doing it. So for me, honestly – my like long-term vision is I want to be an angel investor in the sense of I want to be funding and consulting businesses in order to scale up to seven and eight figures. And I want a percentage of those businesses. So those are generating me money every single month. I love that, man. How did you, how do you get those gigs and how do you get on fucking Forbes and that kind of shit? How did, how did you do that? Uh, personal brand, my man, literally personal brand. And to be honest with you, a lot of people like they like you have to pay, it's pay to play, man. Everything's pay to play. If sure. you're, if you're like, Oh, I'll build my personal brand up enough and I'll be on this thing. Like, okay. So let's just say you build your personal brand up to get on Forbes. It might take like, you know, three, four, five years of like seriously trying to reach out to them and get on there. Or you can find a PR company and pay them a little bit of money and they're going to get you, you know, as long as you have an interesting story. I mean, obviously right. it's like, if I was like a fucking, I picked up dog poop every single day. They're not going to be like reaching out to me and letting me get on Forbes. So it's like, mm-hmm. you have to have an interesting story, but, um, but I'll say this, like kind of going back to where I want to do in the future. I always say this to my students. I'm not necessarily sure where I want to be, but all I, I know that right now is that if I continue to do every single day, seven days a week, the small things mm-hmm. that move the needle forward, sales calls, 
working out, meditation, writing in my journal, networking, getting on things like this, building my personal brand right. every single day without fail. Like in, in less than 14 months, I built two seven-figure businesses. So you ask me what's going to happen in 20 years, like, holy fuck, who knows, dude? But I just need to make sure that I'm just continuing doing what I'm doing right now. And then at that point, I'll be able to choose whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, man, cool, man. To, uh, to, to kind of wrap it up, like, what are some books or, or courses or whatever that, that's helped you like crazy in, in sales or in SMMA? Yeah, so, um, you know, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck definitely transformed my life. I really like that book 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. another, another really great one that I was probably... Two of the first self-development books I read was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm. By, a lot of people know that already. I, I used to be like, I used to think I was a people person, but really I realized that I had no absolute idea what I was talking about. And it wasn't mm. until I read that book that I realized that. And then probably the number one book that I recommend for people, and the reason it's my number one is because most people have never heard of it, but it's called The Slide Edge by Jeff Olson, gentleman who's built literally six or seven, eight-figure multi-level marketing companies. And um, he talks about in there like, the same thing that I just talked about a second ago, the slide edge up and the slide edge down. So in life, every single day, the, every second of every day, your actions are either bringing you on the slide edge up, meaning in compound interest over a year and five years and 10 years, you're at incredible, incredible heights or the slide edge down, meaning that a year from now, you're 30 pounds heavier, you're broke, you're living on your parents' couch, whatever it is. And you don't see change, right? Change is very small, very, very, very incremental. And right. so like, You going, like it's Saturday at two o'clock right now. All my friends are out on the beach. Like me going out on the beach and take, taking a Saturday off and going out there and laying on the beach and drinking and spending with my friends. Like today, is that going to hurt me? No. I mean, I've already made money today. Like mm-hmm. a week, ago, is that going to hurt me? No. A month, is it going to hurt? No. A year, is that going to hurt me? No. But over time, it will hurt me. Like over a 30-year period, it will hurt me. Just like you have right. compound interest up, you have compound that. interest down. And so same thing about eating a cheeseburger today or having a drink or having a one night stand with somebody like you don't realize that it can have some serious long-term effects on you and mm-hmm. so that's when i realized i need to do like i said it's gonna go every single day the small stuff that moves you to afford and that was when i was like well let me just keep on reading books and so for my recommendation i always tell people read that one first because that one tells you how to read other books and how to live the rest of your life that's crazy and then you can read everything else but yeah i really recommend the slide edge that's, that's cool that's, that's, a, that's a nice one i haven't heard that i've done one before What's well, like um one last thing you just touched on it, but little thing, free time. How what do you do in the in the free time? Because like what's that? The 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 free time, <laughs> yeah, free, the time where people are not taking your calls, not taking your shit. But what what do you do? You just read or whatever. What what, what is it that you do to make those those times as productive as they can be? Yeah, man. So uh, there's a really great book also called The One Thing, um, <laughs> and I really really love it. And so what I got from The One Thing, the biggest thing for me was like. Every day, the problem with people is that they wake up and they just like throw themselves in the world, email, sales calls, Instagram, everything. And right. it's like, if you do that, you're just reacting to everything that's happening in the world. You have absolutely mm-hmm. no control over everything that's happening. And for me, what I realized was like, okay, instead of doing that, um, and this book told me this, like set block off your day for your one thing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I have the luxury right now because I asked off. I didn't do a while, but I worked my ass off. And I have the luxury now where I can essentially block out 9 to 12, 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. every single day of my calendar. I don't take any sales calls. I don't do it. I only focus on my one thing. And really, it's from 7 to 12 because I – or really, it's from 5.30 to 12 every single day. I'm not bothered by anybody. I, that's my free time. 5.30 a.m. to 12, 
I don't know, name somebody else that has six hours of free time to themselves. And I've made my life that way. But my free time consists of meditation, writing in my journal, mm -hmm. calling friends and yeah. family, um, exercising. I love exercise two times a day, um, eating healthy, cooking, reading. Um, and then like the one thing in my business. So my free time is usually spent cause I love so much what I do. It's usually spent tweaking my systems, uh, like adding, doing, adding different automations, like adjusting my proposals, like doing stuff like that, that I know mm -hmm. that in the beginning is not crucial, but it does make a difference in the long run. And so I just right. spend my time, like for me, there's no free time. Now, Sundays, I take Sundays off. I, mm -hmm. I do. I, like tomorrow is off. I take all day Sunday off. I will not open my email. I will not open my uh, Facebook messages, my Instagram messages. Like I just take it for me, go to the beach, spend my time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I do think you need to rest your mind. But uh, other than that, man, there, you know, there is no free time. I love it, man. That's, that's dope. That's super dope. Um, yeah, bro. This, this is what I have for you, man. I, uh, I love it. Where can, uh, where, can, where can the people find you? Yeah, man. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on here, man. This I has love been a it. lot of fun. Seriously. Yeah. Tell you just great question. It's cool. Yeah, great, great questions. I appreciate we got on this. Um, yeah, so uh, you can so you can follow anyone that's following or listening to this. Please, 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 friend me on Facebook. Or follow me on Instagram uh, at Ravi Abuvala, R A V I A B U V like Victor A L A. Um, and yeah, just shoot me a DM there. Let me know where you came from. Let me know if there's anything about this you know podcast that really resonated with you. If you had any questions or anything, tell me that Quinn sent you. Lucky Quinn. Uh, and I'll see, I'll help you literally the best of my ability. But yeah, I absolutely love, as you guys can tell, I love talking and I love serving people. And so uh, if there's any way I can do either of those things, you please let me know. I love that, man. Your, your vibe, I love it, bro. If there's anything I can do, seriously, let me know. I, I'd love to add, uh, to add value to your, to your empire. I appreciate it, Quinn. Thank you for having me on here, my man. Awesome, bro. Hey, destroy your day and we'll speak soon. Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye, man. See ya.